Glass to left corner to Aguila. Again to the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three bounds. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. All right, we made it. We got it done. We uh, we are finished. One of the more hectic days of the year. Day one of training camp is in the books. Day one on the ice at training camps is in the books. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk. It is Thursday, September 21st. It's Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. We're back at the Dome, and we got all kinds of answers to different questions. We got training camp lines. We got our first day of training camp out of the way, Wes. Uh, it's good to it's good to be back. The, the hecticness of day one and... Uh, People turning levels down on the upstairs board and uh, printers not working and all that stuff aside. We're here. We made it. Flames Talk is on the air and ready to rock wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. We're done. We're here. We made we've it. Got, we've got lots of content for you in the next town. It is a- after a couple weeks of the first unofficial Flames Talk of 23-24. Is today the first official Flames yeah. talk? Yeah, I think this is the one. Yeah. I think that might trigger a bonus, actually, in my contract. Probably. Yeah. I don't know if it'll get paid to you, but it might trigger the bonus. I don't know if it'll ever show up in like some M- Maybe some M&Ms or something? It seems like a lot of work for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take that out of petty cash. Um, day one on the ice, we've got lots to dive into. I guess we'll start with the news of the day, though. There were line combinations, which you can see online, and we'll get to later on this hour. But uh, the, the Oliver Shillington news was the news that kind of started people buzzing right from the get-go. It happened as the first group was going on. Just after 9 o'clock, we found out. You know, we were talking about Sharon Govich on a line with Lindholm and Huberdo and different D pairings. But this is the update the Flames sent out just after 9 a.m. on Thursday morning um following yesterday's medical and fitness testing it was determined that oliver is unable to participate in the opening of training camp today as this is a private personal matter no further information will be provided end quote so oliver after missing all of last season uh does not start on the ice with the team now it it is important to note oliver is in the city he's here in calgary he went through uh, a lot of the they call it the car wash some of the media obligations earlier in the week he went through fitness testing and evaluations on Wednesday but as of right now is not ready to get back on the ice and and honestly it's just it was it was a a tough piece of news to read because we all just want the best for this guy and we all just want Oliver to be at a spot where he's ready to get back on the ice so you know I know it was it was tough all-round organizationally to send that out not not in a disappointing way like not in a we're disappointed way just you everybody's rooting for this guy and everybody's hoping for this guy and so the hope was that uh, he was going to be ready for day one and and we'll see when he is ready to get back on the ice for the flames yeah for sure the this news uh, i have to admit blindsided me for the reasons that that you shared, you know, we know that Oliver Shillington arrived in Calgary 
late last week. We know that he'd been participating in informal skates with his teammates. We know that he was part of the video and photo shoots that happened Tuesday in terms of the graphics you'll see when a player scores a goal or, you know, some of the social media content that gets rolled out throughout the year. And so Oliver Shillington has been upfront. He's explained his season long absence last year uh, by explaining that he's had some mental health that he needs to work through that, that he has some things that he needed to address some challenges that, um, you know, went back some things in his, I guess, family life is the way he put it, that, um, that he needed to address last season. And, and so when we read that interview from Sweden last month and he was talking about how good he was feeling and how excited he was to be back, whether you've met Oliver Shillington or you've just watched him play hockey, you couldn't help but be really happy for a 26-year-old who at that point was talking like he was ready to continue his career, that he was ready to get back to playing the sport he loves. And and so all you can think today is I hope, you know, you hope for the best for Oliver Shillington. I yep. love, I hope to see him out there tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. I thought Michael Backlund put it as well as anyone could when, when he said, yeah, we miss him, but, and I quote, his health comes first. Well, let's, uh, this was Ryan Huska. Uh, this was the head coach. He was asked about it. And, and, again, respectfully, there's not a whole lot anybody can say, but this was uh, Ryan Huska when he was asked about it on Thursday after some practice sessions. I know the team put out a statement this morning, and um, I don't really have any more information than that. Um, so I'll probably leave it at that for now, and when there's more information from us, we'll for sure bring it forward. But um, the team did release that statement this morning. Then here's Michael Backlund, who was also asked about it. He and Oliver pretty close. Uh, this is what Michael Backlund had to say on Thursday morning after practice. Yeah, well, we really miss him. Um, I mean, I got to see him uh, before camp here in Calgary. It's good that he's over here and, um, you know, uh, hope he found his way. Uh, it was great to catch up with him. And, yeah, we miss him here in the room. Uh, he brings a lot of energy in the room and on the ice. He's a tremendous player, And uh, but his health comes first. And, uh you know, we got to let him take his time. You just hope that at some point here in training camp, he's able to get back on the ice. You just hope that uh, he's able to, because it, it has been, we know, it's been a struggle. It's been the last year and a bit um, has been difficult. Um, and, you know, just knowing some of the things that, that he's been going through and, and it just, yeah, I, you just hope that, uh, he's able to be in a good enough spot at some point to get back on the ice. It's a really difficult situation. I, I feel awful for the guy because I know he wants to be out there and I know he wants to be in a good spot, but you also know yourself. And, and you know, any of the criticism that is out there and any of the, like, I, 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 I think the only thing I would say is just have a little compassion and a little empathy in terms of, what what he's gone through the last year and a bit is not easy. It has wreaked havoc with him. It has been an extremely difficult uphill climb at times, and people react to things differently. People react to different challenges differently, and and that would be the only thing I say. Like the oh, this is a distraction, or like just no, like just it's 2023. I think we know enough about the challenges and the struggles that go along with each individual and how mental health manifests itself in, in uh, each different individual. Like this is 
there's a difficult there's a difficult situation, and the Flames are being really delicate with it because they want the best for Oliver, um, and and Oliver's trying. He he's he's trying. He wants to be out there, but he also doesn't want to be a detrimental force out there. He doesn't want to take away from what they're doing on the ice. He also wants to be ready, and he wants to be in a spot where he can help contribute positively. It's a it's a delicate spot, and I would just I would push back on anybody being critical of Oliver Shillington, and I've seen it out there. I'd push back on that all day because uh, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes is all I would say, and and that's the type of situation we're talking about right now. So I I, I hope that whether it's Friday, whether it's next Monday, whether it's October 20th, whenever, whenever he's ready, he'll be ready. And uh, I just I hope that at some point he is. And I, ho- I hope that, you know, he continues to continues to be strong on the journey that he's on. Yeah, that's very well put, Pat. And I think, you know, I, I drove to the Saddle Dome this morning, I guess, excited to, to talk to Oliver. Oliver Shillington was going to be such a, a good news story today to see him back on the ice. And, and so that update from the Flames, that announcement that he wouldn't be available for the opening of training camp, I think felt like a, a gut punch for a lot of people who, who were just excited for a 26-year-old, for a young man to get back to what he wanted to be doing. Yep. And so if it felt like a gut punch for fans and for staff at the Saddle Dome and for anyone in the hockey world to see that Oliver Shillington wasn't ready to be back today, imagine how it felt for Oliver Shillington. Yep. And that's what we should be thinking of first. It's Pat and Wes. Uh, we're underway this hour on Flames Talk. Uh, day one on the ice of training camp in the books. It's day one. We should hear from the head coach. There's the news on Oliver Shillington, but there were line combinations. There were D pairings. We'll get to all of that, but let's hear from the head coach of the Calgary Flames. His first day on the ice with his group as the head coach. Here's Ryan Huska. He uh, joined us and chatted with us after the first two practice sessions on Thursday morning. Tell us what, what you saw in that top line that, that everybody's going to be talking about with Sharon Govich with the, the two big boys. Um, I, I would say that first group, I liked the energy that they had. That was a good skate. Um, I think that was one of the, the skates where they've been waiting to get on the ice together for a long time. And, um, I, I, you know, anyways, I think the pace was really high. That line in particular today, uh, he brings a different dynamic to our team. I think a little bit because of the way that he's been taught to play the game uh, in New Jersey. They always play a, a faster pace of, of game, and I think that's kind of ingrained in him a little bit. Um, and when you put him with Elias and, and Hubie, there's different pieces that work well together, or we at least hope they may work well together for us, and we'll, we'll continue to give him a chance, and, and hopefully we see some chemistry. There were some nice plays they made today, um, and hopefully that will translate into some good things for us. As a coach at Rio Lindholm, that seems like one of the pairings that people are hoping to see. Can you facilitate chemistry, or how, how does a coach affect chemistry? I think you can, to a, to a point, um, you can put them in situations, players that you, you think they would um, excel in. Um, 
but there also comes a point where it just becomes very evident that these two guys, for whatever reason, may not work together. So then you have to kind of shift gears. But giving them an opportunity, I think, is something that we'll look to do. You'll see different people with those guys in exhibition. I mean, that's going to be something you will see, whether it's a younger guy playing with Jonathan and Elias or maybe Jonathan playing with a different centerman along the way. So um, there's some different things that we're going to try. We want to try to find the, the best fit, the best mix that gives us the best chance to win. Mentioned that there does come a point where you just kind of have to conclude that there might not be that chemistry. They didn't play together for very long last year, but we did see Lindholm and Huberto uh, together a little bit at the beginning of the year, and, and then the team moved away from it. What what gives you that belief that that they can bring the best out of each other? Um, I see a, a top left winger and a top centerman, um, and I think the other thing when you have a right-handed centerman, there's a tendency always to go the direction of his left winger. So that's something that when you look at the two of them and their characteristics and the traits that they both bring, it kind of fits for us. Now, whether or not that holds true down the road, we'll see. But finding a guy that potentially can play with him, I think will be an important factor for that line for sure. Not to double back on Yager Sharangovich, but two seasons ago when he had a really successful season, it seemed as if he was getting a lot of his finishing done in the slot. I was just curious, if uh, well, what do you need to do in order to put him in that position where he can get back to that 20 goal season that he had two seasons ago? Well, part of that's on the player. Um, when you're given an opportunity to play with a passer, you want to put yourself in situations where you're available and, and ready to shoot. And I think that's a big thing for him. Like we know he can shoot the puck. Um, that's the reason why we're trying him or starting them, we're starting him where he is right now. And um, we'll try to give him some different things along the way in regards to what they can do off the rush and in zone. But then a lot of it falls on his shoulders. He's got to do a really good job of finding some open ice and open space and then figuring out how Jonathan likes to move the puck and what Elias likes to do on the ice so he can find that early. And that's our that's our hope anyways for him. You have Mark Savard on your coaching staff as well. What's it been like working with him? We know about his offensive mind with Windsor. What's it been like in the early days getting to know his mind and what plays he wants to install? Yeah, really good. I mean, he's... Uh, he thinks the game quite a bit differently than um, I do. Um, Dan is the same. He's got offensive flair to him the way he played and thought the game. Kale's a little bit more like me. So I feel like we have a group that kind of balances each other out. So there may be an argument here and there about uh, we should do this, and then Kale and I may say not a chance. So I, I think when you have certain guys that balance each other out and bring different ideas to the table, you're going to eventually come up with the best solution, and that's what we're going to try to do. Was this any different for you today? I mean, you've been around this league a while, but was today different for you, and how so? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned before, over the course of the summer, I feel like I've had everything ready to go for two and a half months, and then every day I would lie awake in bed looking at the roof thinking, I'm going to change this. So every day it seems to shift. So when it finally comes, it's it's like first day of school, like you said, Eric. I mean, um, coaches were excited just like the players were today. And for me, that was no different. So it, it was fun coming to the rink for me this morning. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I want to see it continue to move in that direction. That energy and, and, and enthusiasm, excitement uh, that you were describing, like how contagious is that not only today, but as you kind of, you know, continue to use that to kind of power through training camp? Yeah. Well, Train camp's a funny animal. Like, there's a lot of older players that use it to find their game. There's a lot of younger guys that are nervous. Um, so you have all sorts of different bits of energy in the in the dressing room. But every energy, when used the right way, is good. Um, and that's what we've kind of challenged all of these guys with. Whether you're an older player, that this is time for you to try to get your game in gear, or a younger guy that's um, he's nervous. I mean, he wants to try to make an impression and make this team. We need it all. Um, but our job as coaches is to make them comfortable and get them to understand how to harness that to the um, to use to their advantage. That's a big thing. But the energy, enthusiasm, 
we need to have it. Uh, in order for our team to play the right way or the way we want them to play, there has to be some buzz and some life around our room, and that's going to be important for us. Saw Trent Cull out there. I have no, I'll be honest, I don't know if that's unusual to have the HL coach out there or not, but why did you want him with you? Um, for my time in the NHL, it's always been that way. Um, when I was in the American League, Bob Hartley was the, the coach here at the time, and he was the first practice. Um, you're coming on the ice, and I went to the first exhibition game with him. Um, and it's kind of held true all the way along for me, and I think it's a really good thing because you ask your American League guys to play the same way and have the same lingo that we're going to use with our players. So having him around all the time, I think, is a is a, a real good thing for our group in general. Coach, you had uh, you had McKenzie on the right today. We saw him play the left at different times last year. Do you do you have a preference? Do you have a place where you'd like to see him this year? No, I I, th- I think with McKenzie. The big thing for him is the amount of minutes that he's going to play. I think he's one of those guys that plays better when he plays more, if that makes sense. So he's had some chemistry with Rasmus. He's had some chemistry with Chris. Um, He's also had chemistry with Nikita. So I I think when we talk about forward lines and trying different people, you're going to see the same thing exhibition time too because it's always what's the best six we can put together and um, we know certain pairs work uh, we don't know if other ones do so those are things we're going to try to find out keeping in mind that you don't know the situation with Oliver going forward how does that impact your blue line as we're talking about it now for guys like Dennis Gilbert and you know Osterley and others so yeah. as we with the sensitive one uh, look at it from a standpoint of next man up mentality or how are you viewing this yeah I would and if I'm one of those players I mean you never want to see a a teammate not partake in in practice or games but it's also opportunity and it has to give you a little bit extra jump because now they know potentially and who knows how long it goes on for but we have uh, a spot that we need to fill Um, so it gives those guys a little bit more life without a doubt so now it's we've talked before about opportunity to do something with it so there's Dennis plays a different game than Austerly plays um, so finding out how it works for our team is what's going to be important those guys kind of have to separate themselves now and that's what training camp's all about. Ryan, Ryan. Are, how are you going to go about um, choosing a captain method and timeline? Yeah, um, We talked before that it would be something that we would um, look to do before the start of the regular season. Um, we've had leadership meetings already. We Honestly, we feel like we have a, a bunch of guys that are, are close to that role. And um, getting them together and understanding that it's not just the guys that eventually will wear the letters on their chest. Like they don't, their job becomes really hard unless those other guys in the leadership group support them. So um, we're going to look to have something done before we start the regular season, and um, we'll kind of go from there. But there's a lot of conversations. It's it's Craig, it's Don, it's our coaching staff, it's communication with our players. Um, it's a it's a really important role. Um, well, we have, we'll have different groups along the way. So um, one of them is a bigger group, I would say that, and then there will be some smaller ones as well. I, think, I, I don't think I'm making this up. I think some teams um, have actually had the players vote for a captain. I mean, would you do that? Um, for me, um, no. Um, junior, we did. That's something that we did. I think now it's, there's a lot that come into it, and, and that's why it's important that management is involved in it. Um, it's important that coaching staff's involved in it because at the, at the end of the day, we have to work with that guy or these guys on a daily basis. And it's also important that the players are involved in it. Uh, I mean, if you're putting someone in place that they want no part of, leading them along the way, then it doesn't make any sense. If we put someone that 
the players want and it doesn't work with us or the guys above, it doesn't make any sense. And that's why it's something that I think you um, you work together on for sure. I, I know we're talking about the letter specifically and the C, but but how confident are you in, in that group as a whole, whether it's you know it's one person at wearing the C or not, but just two <laughs> have in place as a leadership group. Yeah, I am confident in the large group of them, and I think that's that's maybe the most important thing that whoever gets or whoever or whenever we decide on who the guys or guys are or guy or guys are, um, they'll have the support from people around them because we do have a lot of good people in our dressing room. So that's something that we're excited about, and they're excited about too. When Jonathan Huberdeau talks about having this sort of swagger and confidence <clears throat> after the summer, I'm, I'm curious what you kind of look for in him and, and as part of that, how does a coach help sort of roll that confidence forward? Um, well, coach helps by putting him in situations where he feel like he can, he feels like he can help the team win. Um, and what I look for is a guy that's playing with some pace and when he's making his passes or plays, he's completing most of them. Uh, and when you see a player doing that, uh, you know he's feeling really good about himself and his game and that'll allow us to put him in situations where he can have a direct impact on the game. To my uneducated eye, it looked like Adam Klapka had a really nice tournament in Penticton. Um, what, what do you want to see from him in camp? We have uh, like a number of guys that are all kind of competing, fighting for that same role on our team, and it's something that we feel has been missing a little bit. And if you want to call him one of the younger guys, he definitely fits that category. And that group of guys we look for, um, number one priority is to bring energy to our team. Um, if they can do that within how we're asking our team to play, then they stay in the lineup. Um, if they have a night or two or they're not quite where they need to be and what our team needs out of them, then they're out and someone else comes in. And uh, that's the way the game is now. They have a specific role to play, and Adam falls into that category. And I agree with you. He was very noticeable in Penticton. He had a very good tournament. We've noticed uh, there seems to be a bit of a change in the atmosphere here, and some of the players have remarked that and talked to us about it. I'm just curious from your standpoint as head coach how important it is to maintain a positive atmosphere for your guys. Yeah, it is. There is no doubt about it. I mean, it's any walk of life. If, if you enjoy going to work every day, your job is, is that much easier to do, and it's no different for these guys. I know sometimes I even catch myself that these guys are, are the best at what they do. Like They just go and do your job, but um, they have bad days like everybody else, and it's important that they know when they come to the rink they're going to be pushed to get better every day, um, but they're going to enjoy being around each other, and that's what we have to create. And it's easy to say that now, um, but when everything starts to get going for real and when we go into a stretch where we face a little adversity, that's the challenge, and it's the challenge for coaching staff to make sure we stay status quo, and it's our challenge to our players that, hey, if we're in a little bit of an situation where things aren't going our way we're staying the same because eventually good people in the room they'll pull themselves out of it there you go that is ryan huska the new head coach of the calgary flames is he, is he still the new head coach is that do we do we still call him that or is it just has he has he graduated to head coach no new anymore i think he's still the the new head coach it's I, only his first day on the ice with the group yeah no regular season games under his belt i'm, I'm pretty sure ryan husk is going to be the new head coach of the calgary flames till about december there's a lot a, a lot to dive in there um here's what the uh forward lines and defense pairings look like uh on day one so lindholm huberdo sharon govich that was a line with sharon govich on the right you had rooney between pelche and dewar that was also in the first group uh uh, Zeri was with Hanzek and Coronado. In the second group, you had uh, Backlund between Manjapani and Coleman. Kadri with Ruzicka and Dubey. 
some of the defense pairings of note, Hannafin Anderson, Zadorov, Uyghur, uh, with no Shillington, Jordan Osterley was playing with Chris Tanev, with Tanev on the road, right. Uh, you had Dennis Gilbert and uh, newcomer Brady Lyle, who were also a pairing in the second group. So those are kind of the notable defense pairings and forward lines, and a lot of people talking about that Sharon Govich and uh, Huberto pairing with Lindholm, a lot of people talking about the defense pairings. So there was, uh, there, there was definitely a lot to sink your teeth into on day one of camp, but a lot of that was covered there with head coach Ryan Huska. Yeah, and I, I know we're going to get into sort of what that first line looked like with uh, Huberto, Lindholm, and, and Yegor Sharangovich. I, I think one thing that while we're talking about the, the pairings and more specifically the line combinations, one thing that struck me today was let's make sure that the, the kids, while we're giving them opportunity, maybe don't read their own press clippings. You know, Matt Coronado is not in a what you would consider a top nine yep. spot. Jacob Pelche is not in what you would consider a top nine spot. And that is quite clearly a message to those guys to go win a job. I don't think Adam Ruzichka's spot on what I'd consider the second line is is guaranteed at all. So, hey, Matt Coronado, hey, Jacob Pelche, we're going to give you opportunity, yep. but you're going to have to earn it. Uh, lots to get into on the text line. It's open at 960-960. It's Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson along with you. Obviously, the Oliver Shillington news has, has been the big news of this Thursday, and we'll see how that plays itself out. Uh, we'll dive into that top-line conversation before the top of the hour and before we wrap this hour up. So lots to get to as we continue along this hour on a Thursday on Flames Talk. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basement. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, Steinberg and Wes along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Got a little news on this Thursday, day one of training camp. We found out that 2022 fifth-round pick Parker Bell had signed a contract with the Flames, his first-ever NHL contract, three-year entry-level deal at 857500 is the AAV. Pretty cool, uh... Pretty cool little thing for a guy who was a fifth-round pick, a late-round pick, coming off a really good year with Tri-City in the Western League and now has his first NHL contract. Yeah, and fifth-round picks are certainly not shoe-ins, I guess, to, to be signed at any point. You know, lots lots of organizations take a wait-and-see approach, as, as you understandably would, on, on a late-round pick. I know the Flames are really excited about Parker Bell's development they they feel like they have a, a sort of power forward in progress there and this becomes a, a pretty cool day he, you know we're going to hear it in a minute he did not participate in Flames training camp a year ago due to injury so he's just excited to be on the ice today he's also scribbling his name on his first professional contract like yep. just, that's a pretty good Thursday if you're 19 year old Parker Bell we had an opportunity to sat down, sit down with him rather here in the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Had uh, five or six minutes with Parker after signing his first ever NHL contract, a three-year entry-level deal, and you can tell he's uh, he's pretty excited about it and still kind of head swimming about the whole thing. Here's our chat with Parker Bell. 
Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, really cool. I mean, getting that call was uh, obviously awesome, and telling my parents was probably the best part about it. So how'd the process work? How'd you find out, and uh, how, how did it all come about for you? I just got a call from my agent and said that uh, they wanted to get a deal done, and that was, that was pretty much it. The uh, And then you found out before the first game in Penticton? Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the last uh, last week been like knowing you've got this contract in your par- in your pocket? Uh, yeah, I think it's just excitement, but I obviously got to keep a level head and just like keep working hard like I like I do. Pretty cool now with a contract under your belt coming to training camp, and that has to be a pretty uh, pretty neat little extra part of this second training camp experience, eh? Yeah, well, I was hurt last year, so this coming to training camp and skating with the NHL guys is kind of, I mean, it's really cool, obviously, like watching these guys for the last couple of years and now being on the ice with them is yeah. it's really cool. So this is this is the, the rookie experience then for you. Yeah. What's, what's it been like so far? Yeah, I mean, skating with those guys this morning was, uh, like I said, it was really cool. I mean, you watch those guys on TV and stuff, and then you're out there with them, and, uh, and everybody's been great on top of that, so. Usually, I think when I phoned my parents at your age, I was looking to borrow money or, or get a free dinner. So when you phone them to tell them you've signed a, an NHL contract, take us into that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I've, there's been a couple of phone calls where I'm asking for money and stuff like that, but hopefully not anymore. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. My mom was pretty pumped up. She's crying, and yeah, it's pretty cool. What What's the moment like for you when you, when you actually put your name in? I know it's not just one contract. It's usually a stack, but... What do you kind of think of in that moment? Uh, it's kind of hard to put into words, like, what I'm thinking. I mean, obviously I've worked worked hard to, to get here, and it's been a long journey, and I don't know, I feel like it's kind of the start, you know? Just, does it kind of fuel you even more of that? Yeah, I think that's kind of, maybe that's the right word. Yeah. Tell us about the uh, the appetizer in the American Hockey League at the end of last season. I know you got, I think, into two games with the Wranglers. What, what did that introduction to pro hockey do for you yeah i think it opened my eyes a little bit about how those guys uh prepare themselves and play the game uh, i mean obviously it's a really really good league lots of skilled players guys are bigger always in the right spots like makes it easier and harder was there some comfort level for you there did did it make pro hockey maybe feel like a more attainable goal for you uh yeah i think so i mean playing those games i thought i was i mean team played really well obviously a really good team and yeah, I think those guys helped me a lot, and it, yeah. Awesome, and and obviously this morning you're on the ice with Jonathan Huberdeau and, and mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm, and you know a list of guys who've been playing in the National Hockey League for a lot of years. You, you talked about sort of watching them and, and trying to learn from them. What what are you paying attention to out there? I think I'm just paying attention to like the plays they're making and stuff. It's just pretty crazy the way they pass the puck and move it around, and yeah, I mean those guys are obviously really skilled. Those two that you just mentioned, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from those guys. Are, are you asking a bunch of questions, or are you just sort of a fly on the wall? How would you describe it? Uh, today I just kind of kept my mouth shut for most of the time, just kind of observed and tried to learn. Awesome. Parker Bell's with us, just signed an entry-level deal with the Calgary Flames this week. Tell us about uh, Penn Ticton. What was the uh, experience like at the Young Stars? Yeah, it was awesome. I, we had a good team, and we I think we... We didn't perform well in the first game, but those next two games, I think we really pulled it together as a team, and yeah, I came out with two wins. How how has it helped you jumping into your first main camp? Like, how much more prepared do you feel having those games under your belt? Yeah, I think uh, playing games for the first time in five months or whatever was definitely definitely helpful in a lot of ways, and 
you know, just like kind of getting game speed back, conditioning, stuff like that. It was, it was good. You have, uh, you've got experienced coaches out there and, and guys who have coached in the NHL, plenty of American League games. How much are you trying to just soak up everything they're telling you? Yeah, I just I try to be a sponge as much as I can out there and just, you know, listen to what they're telling me, listen to the feedback that they give me and try to do everything they say. And, yeah, usually it works out. Wes asked you about the – Two games that you played in the AHL last year. How do you look back at your Western League year last year? Career highs across the board. How how'd you feel and try? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part it was a good year. I got hurt in uh, January, so that, that kind of sucked. But besides that, I think the, obviously the team got a lot better too, so that helped. And uh, yeah, I mean, first round exit wasn't wasn't nice. I think we could have went a little farther, but yeah, I think I enjoyed my year last year. How, in terms of a, a jump from 18 to 19 year old season, did you did you feel like there was a, a big step taken for you? Yeah, I think uh, that summer I uh, spent my first time like really training here and like getting in a program. I never really had that before, so I think that helped me a lot in going into the, my 19 year. You uh, you turn 20 next week, right? Yeah. So what uh, what's the goal for what's the goal for this year? Is it to crack the American League roster? Is is that kind of your sole focus right now? Yeah, I think that's kind of my goal is to play in the AHL this year. Okay, so what what and and Wes asked you about last year as what can you take from those two games with the Wranglers last year and and take into this year's camp and and as you kind of focus on that goal. Yeah, I think having those couple of games is almost just like a little bit of experience, a little taste, and kind of know what to expect in a way when I when I go up there and play some games. Yeah, well, congratulations. Thank so, you. Uh, this that. is cool. Cool to see, and uh, good luck throughout the rest of camp, eh? Thank you. It's Parker Bell. He joined us a little earlier on this Thursday, signed his entry-level contract with the Calgary Flames today, a 2022 fifth-round pick. He skated as part of the first group, got a couple of spins on some different lines. Uh, and you know what? Fifth-round pick who earns a contract, like, already – you're, you're going in the right direction because not all fifth-round picks do get their first NHL contract. And he turns 20 next week. He'll have an opportunity to crack the American League roster, so he'll be at the AHL camp this year. And maybe uh, maybe it's the American League all year. Maybe it's some time in Rapid City in the coast. We'll see. But, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, all of a sudden got the ability to turn pro this year. And for a 2022 fifth-round pick, pick, pretty nice to see. Uh, pretty cool to see a guy get his contract so quickly after being drafted he, he touched on something in our chit chat with him that sort of hints at why the flames see some untapped potential there and that's that before he was drafted by the team he he hadn't done a lot of work with a, a strength and conditioning coach he you heard him say he'd never really been on sort of an off-season program before we're we're talking about a guy who checked into rookie camp at six foot four and 205 pounds like this is this is a broad-shouldered player. This is a guy who plays a sort of rugged, hard-on-the-forecheck type game. And I know that the Flames are are really interested in what he might become when he can fill out his frame. Yep. And, you know, he's he's sort of from the same mold as Lucas Siona, I think. And, and now I, I realize that... Maybe that doesn't mean very much because I'm comparing him to another guy who we don't know what his potential is. But there are a couple of guys now, a couple of forwards that have that intriguing speed or or move well for their size, you know, the size they have. The, there, there's an intriguing package there, and you could you could throw Adam Klapka in that conversation yep. as well. And, and quite frankly, if the Flames can even 
get one of those young men to pan out as a power forward type, it would be a really nice find because we're talking about two late draft picks and an undrafted free agent. Um, and Wedley, I don't agree. The sultry Pat interview voice is not back. I did not. That was not pillow talk, Pat. That was. Uh, the, I can go way sultry, more, way more sultry than what you just heard. Um, Something to look forward to, really, throughout I, this season. Absolutely. Just wait until I'm doing an interview in the hallway when a scrum's going on, and then I'm really. Hey, uh, tell me about last night. What? Uh, what do you think about that game? That was not. That was not that, Wedley. Your ear is off. Guess it's training camp for everybody. Uh, Steinberg and Wes along with you as this hour of Flames Talk continues. Congrats to Parker Bell for signing his first NHL deal, a three-year entry-level deal. The AAV is eight fifty-seven five hundred. So congrats to him. We'll see where he plays most of this year. Also has the option to go back to the Western League as a twenty-year-old as well. So we'll see how that all plays out, or if it's pro hockey for the entire year. You know, Jonathan Huberdo is going to be one of the big stories and. Now that we know that we, we kind of telegraphed it earlier in this week, it just felt pretty set in stone that Sharon Govich, Huberdo, Lindholm were going to be a line in day one of training camp on the ice. They were a line, Lindholm in the middle, Huberdo on the left, Sharon Govich on the right. Just it went as expected, yeah. and I'm curious to see how long that line stays together in camp, how many times in the preseason we get to see that line go, and whether or not that's something that we can look forward to for night one of the regular season come October 11th. Because I think there's a lot of potential in that line. I think on paper there's a lot of things to like about what a trio like that could accomplish. But again, on paper does not always equate to what we see on the ice and chemistry and how guys click with one another. But it's important that Huberdo is comfortable with his line mates. And I think it's something you said on Wednesday's show. It's, it's really important for this team's success this year if Huberdo is able to find something with Lindholm, something that we really didn't see a whole lot of last year. Yeah, and I, I don't want to... Uh be looking past Yegor Sharangovich. I, I don't want people to think like I, I'm not paying attention to the new guy, but everything you just said in terms of, I want to see if this, if we see this group on opening night, I want to see how long it lasts in the preseason. I want to see how it develops. I, I'm going to be so laser focused on Huberto and Lindholm as a duo, because I just think, and I've talked about this earlier this week, I just think it is so imperative for the Flames for as long as Elias Lindholm is here that 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 they find a click there. They you know Ryan Huska put it so simply and so perfectly. He was asked about well what what do you see with that top line and he said, "Well, I see a top left winger and a top centerman." We we sat here dumbfounded for parts of last year wondering why they weren't playing together. Yep. And so yeah, you want those two dudes on your top line. And the Calgary Flames had to circle back starting today. And, and I guarantee in the informal skates for the past week or so that they've both been in town, those guys have been working together. They knew this was coming. I just think it's so crucial for a team that couldn't score the big goal last year that you get those two clicking. How many of the informal skates did you attend? Zero. That's what I like to hear. Congratulations, it's the right number. Uh, 
I do. I really like the idea of Huberdeau and Lindholm together. I wish we could have seen more of it last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I don't remember if it was you or Danny who asked the question to Ryan Husko, who we heard earlier this hour. But when he was asked why giving that a try, what gives you confidence that that is going to work this time around? He said a really good center and a really good left winger. And in my eyes, your best center and your best left winger. Your your most dangerous left winger, your most high-end all-round center. Like, they should be able to work together. Yeah. They should be able to be effective with one another. And because just because 15 games of 82 last year, they didn't generate instant chemistry doesn't mean that they can't form something here. And it's just, in my eyes, so worthwhile to get those guys working together early, keep them together, even if it doesn't instantly show off signs that it's going to be a great click, and maybe revisit this a little further down the road as opposed to getting away from it as early as they did last season. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be people listening who are thinking to themselves, well, what? why Why are they back together? It didn't work last year. And you're right. It didn't work last season. But you know what worked for Jonathan Huberdeau last season? Almost nothing. Yep. And so as part that's of – That's just it. Like, if, if, if this is truly a Jonathan Huberdeau with more swagger – and more back to the type of player the Flames thought they were getting when they acquired him, isn't that enough? Or isn't that a big step to generating chemistry with a player as good as Lindholm? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a huge start, and and it's not always an immediate click, right? J- you know, what, the best line that we've seen at the Saddledome in recent memory had Matthew Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau on opposite wings. Well... The first couple times those guys played together, it did not work at all, mm-hmm. right? We saw it for brief stretches earlier in their career. It it just didn't work. Part, part of that was, I think, Matthew Kachuk's transition to playing on his off wing. But they went back to it, and we saw it pay dividends. It's It just makes sense. They're your, like, let's, let's not understate it. These are your two best forwards. Yep. Your first line should have your two best forwards on it. Unless they play the exact same position, you know, if, whatever. I don't I don't even want to get into that situation. Your best two forwards are a left winger and a center. They should be playing together. And if those two can establish some chemistry, it is going to go a long way to solving the offensive woes and especially the sort of in-the-clutch offensive woes yep. that this Flames team had last season. A uh, few texts at 960-960 on what we've talked about uh, this hour. This says, uh, Wedley says, when Backlund's named captain, you can break out the sultry voice then. I definitely will. Uh, this says, Yegor Sharangovich has shown in New Jersey that he can give a goal-scoring spark to a team. How will coming to the Western Conference affect his game? I don't know, but mm-hmm. we'll find out here very shortly. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it all plays out with them because there's definitely a shot there, and we yep. even saw it a couple of times during practice on Thursday morning. Yeah, he's a guy that I, I really want to dial in on in the next few weeks because the New Jersey Devils, maybe a little bit more last year, but, but when Yegor Sharangovich was playing a key role for the Devils two years ago, 
that wasn't the team that when I sat down on my couch, I was probably most likely to be watching. I'm not going to be the guy who comes on Flames Talk and pretends that I have seen Yegor Sharangovich play a whole ton of hockey games. I saw more of the Devils last year when he'd sort of fallen out of favor. This is a guy I'm really curious about because this is a huge opportunity to play on the first line, but they really need him to pick up the sort of offense he provided in New Jersey two years ago. Like, like, let's not forget, and they haven't, that he was a healthy scratch at times in the playoffs. And so this is a guy who now has a new opportunity to prove himself. And if you're Yegor Sharangovich showing up for the first day of training camp and your line mates are Jonathan Huberto, who once set a record for most assists by a left winger in a season, and Elias Lindholm, who not long ago was a Selkie Trophy finalist you got to feel pretty good about taking advantage of that opportunity don't you yep looking forward to seeing if you can take advantage of it It seems like he's energized we gotta see it sunday don't we that line i hope so yeah me too first home preseason game yeah i see that happening uh he's wes on twitter at wes gilbertson my name is pat steinberg as we start to wrap up this hour of flames talk cam taylor getting it all done back in the studio downtown and this hour has been coming at you from the scotia bank saddle dome and the doug lacy's basement systems hot stove lounge they're your local experts for basement waterproofing sump pumps crawl spaces foundation repair and radon mitigation they're all things basementy visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com